Today is going to be another fun one. How to find a date worth keeping. Dating strategies from a woman who's only ever gone out with seven different men her entire life. And why that is a very good thing. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Starting Over Stronger Show, where you'll find health and hope for your divorce survival and recovery. Divorce well, live well. You can find a date worth keeping. And that's exactly what I want to talk to you about today. It is a subject, of course, that is of great interest to anyone who's even thinking about divorce, and definitely if they're going through one, we all begin to imagine what it's going to be like on the other side of this, right? We recently heard here on the show from a divorce attorney who said the number one question she gets asked by clients and potential clients alike is, can I date during divorce? If you missed the questions people asked their divorce attorney episode a few weeks back, you got to go back and check it out. We had some great ideas about dating and about communicating well with your attorney to lower your divorce costs. So check that out. But when her and I talked about that number one question, it reminded me of something I've talked through with many of my coaching clients and wanted to share just a little bit with you about, and that is my dating experience. So you can learn a little bit more about what this part of your life could look like and maybe should look like. You decide. As attorney Alyssa Hodges pointed out, the question is always, can I date during my divorce? And the question should almost always actually be, should I? And the truth is that no one can answer that for you, especially your attorney, because it's not a legal matter. There are definitely some legal concerns in some situations, and it could become a legal matter. So you want to check out that episode to hear more about that if that's a concern for you. But maybe you just want to know, should I date? Should I even be thinking about dating at this stage? And am I actually ready? Am I already dating and just looking for someone to give me permission. What is your motive for wanting to date? What is your motive for asking the question about whether you should be doing it or not? And do you just want to satisfy some primal urges? Do you want to find the one so you don't have to spend any time at all alone? Are you trying to avoid something like being alone with your own thoughts? These are really important questions for you to consider. And here's some more. What wounds are you still carrying in your heart and mind from your marriage? Were you cheated on, abandoned emotionally, neglected, abused, ignored, shamed, and blamed for everything? That doesn't just go away with a divorce proceeding. Have you shut down that part of your heart and mind that knows that some of these wounds do exist inside of you, but you don't want to deal with them? You just wish them away? Or have you spent some serious and focused time in therapy and counseling or working with a coach to find the roots of those wounds that you know you have from your broken marriage or even all the way back to your childhood, which may very well be what led you to pick the mate that you did in your first unsuccessful marriage? Do you feel like you've done the work or 
I'll say at least 90% of it to discover the real you. Because here's really the heart of all of these questions. Is this where you're at right now, what you want your heart and mind to look like and to feel when you meet someone that could be a future mate for you? Is this your best self that you would be putting forth out into the world of single people where your potential second chance at love could be? I jokingly tell people that you will know you're ready to attract the love you are desiring when you're only half sure you even want to go out and date. The other half of you is so happy and content living as your best self, living the single life, building or maintaining your career, being wholly present for your kids and maybe grandkids, enjoying hobbies, and maybe just Loving your loan time so much that you're thinking, okay, I'll go on some dates, but these people are really going to have to have something pretty darn special to offer to be the icing on this cake that I have made of my new life. That is a great place to be. And that is exactly how I approached dating after the dust was settled on my divorce. And frankly, I had no desire before then. After spending three decades with the only man I thought I would ever love from the age of 14 to 44, my divorce ushered me into a season where I found myself facing the prospect of dating for the first time in my entire life, because like I said, I was with him since I was 14. So when I got on some of the dating apps that are out there and started going out to meet new people, I did it simply because I thought, well, I guess I better practice on some people so I can learn how to date because I don't have the first clue. And since I'd never done it before with anyone but my ex and one guy on one date when I was 20, 24 years before, I was clueless. I just remember thinking that and and this is something that I do hear clients say to me sometimes. Um, I'm not playing games. I will do my hair and makeup because I do that pretty much anywhere I go. But I'm not going to go out and buy a bunch of fancy clothes or act in a certain way. I'm not going to be that person that gets on social media saying, okay, guys, I have this date coming up and he's this or she's that. And what should I do? How should I, where should we go? How should I act? You know, it's just all this pretense, right? I'm just going to be me. And if this guy is the one, then he's going to like that. He's going to like everything about me, even the imperfect things, right? And if he's not the one, I hope I do scare him off because I don't want him, right? And so I don't want anyone who's attracted to some fluffed up, inauthentic, filtered version of me. That, my friends, is the best place to start when you want to find a date worth keeping. So I'm going to give you some tips today on ways that you can approach dating that align with the way I approach dating. And I found it to be an enjoyable experience that frankly didn't last too long. So I'll tell you more about that as we go. Number one, start dating when you can date authentically. Like I said, I admit I had no idea how to date. But what I am saying is that I think 
that not knowing how to date, if there is such a thing, (laughs) could actually be an advantage. Dating in many ways is a lot of pretense for a lot of people. And in fact, I think that's why so many people are so frustrated with it. It's all pretense, or it seems like it, right, to a lot of people. And you don't need that. You're going to be miserable if you try to date from that space. What I did know was where I needed to get the help that I would need to be able to put it all together. So with some coaching from my therapist, the help of a good book, and just following my own intuition, I unwittingly created a dating strategy that yielded the love of my life on the seventh date of my entire life. And that includes the two before I was married. So just my fifth date post-divorce. In my 45 years of living, I went on a date, the seventh date of my entire life. And by that, I mean, when I was young, I went on my first date ever with the man I ended up marrying. When he and I broke up once before we got engaged, I went on the second date of my entire life, which was a total bad boy experience that I told myself I just needed to get out of my system to get my then ex out of my head. And it was never going to be more than that. And then 24 years later, when I had married and then divorced after 22 years, I went on a date every other month or so, a total of four, what I call first and onlys. I call them first and onlys because they were the first date and I knew pretty darn quickly they were going to be the only date. (laughs) I enjoyed going on dates. I liked meeting new people. I was always okay with knowing that this next date that I go on, this next guy that I meet may or may not be the one, but we can still have a nice meal, have a good conversation. And so that's kind of how I approached it. That's what I did. And that would be my second tip for finding a date worth keeping. And that is number two, approach dating casually as simply a way to meet new people and have enjoyable life experiences, not a fevered and frustrating search for the one. When I went on my seventh first date of my life, it was with the man I am now engaged to marry today, a man who knew from the moment he laid eyes on me that he was going to spend forever with me, and I knew it that night too. He has loved me unconditionally for who I am. He is a good man who works hard and loves even harder. He's humble. He's a good listener. He has his little things that annoy me because we're human, right? But he cares how he makes me feel. And he apologizes when he hurts me and wants to actually understand why it hurt and how he can do it better. And then, shocker of all shockers, he actually stops doing those things that he says he won't do anymore. He loves God but he isn't religious. He hustles to make ends meet with me. And we he even cleans the house, for God's sake, helps with the laundry, cooks dinner more often than me. So how did I get so lucky to attract such a perfectly aligned and amazing partner with little to no knowledge of dating on the seventh first date of my entire life? Am I just that lucky? No. I definitely am not lucky. If you know anything about my life, you know that. This was not a happy accident. It was intentional. And you can do it too. 
And you know what else? I think not knowing anything about dating is what helped me. Having no idea how dating was quote unquote done, I had to just be me and do what felt right to me. And I did have a little bit of a strategy to it. And that's just kind of how I approach everything in life. That's my personality. A plan just comes together in my mind as I act. And so it was with this that it was really only with hindsight that I could even tell you what I'm going to tell you here today about how I got from where I was to where I am with a date worth keeping. But here's the deal. I am currently working on developing a mini e-course on how to find a date worth keeping that will be available on the startingoverstronger.com website, hopefully this spring. And in that course, I'm going to teach you every little detail of the effective and enjoyable approach that I took to dating with intention. But for now, I'm going to get you started thinking about how you approach dating and whether or not that's working well for you. Spoiler alert, if it was, you probably wouldn't still be dating, right? Or maybe you're just doing research at this point in time. But here today, I just want to share a little bit with you about how I took a handful of concepts from what I did know about me and about relationships and what hadn't worked in the past. And I applied each of these things to my plan for dating that worked perfectly for me. And I think you will find that it will work well for you too. I can't promise that you'll find the love of your life inside of seven dates, but I also can't say that won't happen either. I do know this. One, these strategies work. Two, they give you confidence. Three, They will have you ready to meet new people, trust your instincts, and detach from outcomes while you're just enjoying life more. So imagine how attractive that is going to be to the one who will come ready to love you the way you need and want to be loved. To see this person that has a plan and has confidence because of that plan and is just enjoying life. Just think how attractive that's going to be to someone. And I know this part won't shock you. (laughs) Are you getting the support you need as you divorce or face the possibility of divorce? Did you know that for just $55 a month, you can be a part of a one hour weekly support group call of people just like you? Some haven't even filed yet, but they know the marriage is not sustainable or healthy. Some were served papers they didn't want. Others are feeling empowered that they finally took the reins of their life and hired an attorney and a divorce coach to help them navigate the uncertain waters of divorce. All of them are facing fear, grief, loss, confusion, and pain, and they're finding help and hope in a Starting Over Stronger support group. You can get registered today for a group at startingoverstronger.com slash groups and start this week in getting the help you need to divorce well and then live well. Remember, divorce is hard. Life after doesn't have to be, but the support you get now is what makes the difference. The top three strategies that I'm going to share with you today involve journaling. 
Yes, I know. You all know that that's my thing. And every time we talk here, I mention it on some level because it's just that important. Okay, so here's what you do. Oh, and before we start this, I suggest pausing any dating apps that you're on. You don't have to delete your profile, and they all work differently, so I can't sit here and tell you how to do it, but go in there and figure out how to put them on pause so that your phone is not going to be alerting you to matches and all that stuff. Just put it all on pause, hide it, because out of sight is out of mind, and that's the goal for right now. So, And that is not forever. It's just while you do these three journaling practices. How long is that going to take? I don't know. It depends on you. It may take you a day. It may take you a week. It may take you a month. But you decide how deep you want to go with this. So there's three strategies. And because I like to use navigation as a illustration for most of the concepts that I teach, uh, I'm going to do that here today as well. And the strategies are to look back using the rear view mirror, look forward using the windshield, and then look within using the map. So the first thing that we have to do is look back. It may seem counterintuitive, but a productive look in the rear view mirror is actually very helpful when it comes to attracting the future that you desire. And you have to know what you don't want in your life in order to determine what you do want, okay? That's the concept here. It's not as simple as just saying, I will never again date another fill in the blank with you know, your ex's name, or I'm just done with Leo's or no more narcissists, you know, oh, God, if it were only that easy to just declare it, right? (laughs) Anyway, you get the point, you don't just get to decide that you're done with something and it disappears forever. You have to understand it. So list one is looking back. This is a journal exercise that's going to have you looking in a glance at the rear view mirror for just a bit at your former relationship to see what it can teach you. So sit down with your journal or any piece of paper, pen, coffee, tea, some quiet alone time. I like soft music or silence and write my unmet needs at the top of the page. And then ask yourself, what have I needed in my former relationship that I have gone without? Now, there's going to be an immediate probably thought that comes to your mind, and I think that's probably one of the prevailing or most important needs for you, but there's also going to be lots of others. So the easiest way to capture your needs is to think about your current failing relationship or your most recent failed relationship because you are, you're just emotionally tapped into that. You very easily know what you are missing or were missing. So this list could have three things. It could have 40 things. Just keep writing as long as things are flowing out. Don't let how much you need scare you or make you feel any shame at all. We all have needs and we need what we need. It just is what it is. And there is no place for judgment or shame about that. Just write everything that comes to your mind that is an unmet need. And then when you are done with that, the second list or the second step in this process is The fun part, looking forward, looking out the windshield, spend some time gazing out that windshield and enjoying the view of what's to come. So you're going to write at the top of this page, 
perfect partner. And you're going to make a list of your must-haves in a new partner. Be as picky as you want to be. This is your life, okay? Look back at your list of needs from exercise one to determine the key ways in which your former relationship did not meet your needs because that's going to spark some of the most important characteristics that you're going to want in a future partner. Maybe five things, it may be 15 things. And it could be things as simple as looks like his height or her stature or his age maybe has to do with earning potential. But it's more likely communication patterns, deeply held spiritual or political beliefs, personality traits, ethics, morals. You get the idea. The important thing here is to dig deep. Don't just outline your type, okay? I know how we are here. Everybody thinks they have a type and they're just going to stick with their type. Whatever you've always told yourself is your type, now it's the time to question that. What if having a type 10 or 20 years ago before your divorce, before your marriage, I mean, was what actually led you into that unfulfilling relationship? What if what you believe to be your type is just evidence of your trauma, your formerly or maybe currently unhealed heart and mind? That's another journaling exercise all in itself, right? (laughs) But challenge all of your assumptions. Dream and be certain that everything you write on this look forward list creates the possibility of the perfect future relationship for you. And yes, I did just say perfect. Remember, I said you need to challenge all of your assumptions. That starts with the assumption that there is no such thing as a perfect relationship. That's a lie. And it's a lie that's morphed out of a truth that there are no perfect people. But there are perfect relationships. That does not mean those people in that relationship don't have issues that they have to work through or that they're not still growing and healing and changing as time goes on, because certainly we all are all the time or should be. Each person is healing in their own right, but they're also healing as a couple. Those are different layers within the context of a relationship. But it doesn't mean that they fully meet one another's needs all the time. They love, honor, and respect one another through everything, but they also disappoint one another and have things that they don't agree on, and they work through those things by love, honor, and respect. And that is perfect, right? That's the most perfection we can expect here on earth, right? So when you have that perfect outline of your perfect mate all nailed down, you may want to even do some revisions on it. Maybe you look at it after you're all done and you go, you know, that's a lot, actually. And maybe as you study it, you think, well, I actually 
don't think that particular thing is a must have. It would be nice, but it's not a must have. This list needs to be really succinct. Like this is the big stuff. This is the things that really, really matter to you. So you may want to do some refining on it. Uh, just so you don't eliminate the entire population of people that could potentially be your perfect mate. And then when you have that all done, the hard part comes. So put list one and list two aside and start a new page that says look within. And this is your time to explore the map of the direction that you want to go. You now have two compre- comprehensive lists one of which is your unmet relational needs, and the other which is your ideal must-haves for a future partner. But now you have to do the harder work of looking within yourself and getting gut-level honest about who you are right now today. I suggest rewriting list two in the first column of a two-column sheet of paper, draw a line down the center of the page, number your list two perfect partner items down the left column, say there's 10. So you're going to have them numbered one to 10. And then your third and most important list is going to be built in column two. Each item on this list, three, is going to be a counterpoint to an item on list two in consideration of what you can have be or do that would attract that quality in a partner. So I know this might be getting confusing. So let me give you an example. If one of the items on your perfect partner list was supportive of my career endeavors, then your list three counterpoint to that is what is it that you need to be or do to attract somebody that would be supportive of your career endeavors. And as an example, an answer to that might be working hard to build the career that meets my needs and mutually supportive of what that partner needs to do for their career. So the point here being that if I want somebody to be supportive of my career, I have to be supportive of their career and I have to be working hard on my career as hard as I want them to, right? Okay, and then another example would be that if one of the items on your list to perfect partner was that you want somebody who believes in God and knows the Lord, but is not religious about attendance and definitely not into traditional patriarchal roles, then a counterpoint to that or your I must be list for that would be something like being willing to have the conversations early on in dating to determine where that person is, spiritually speaking. Maybe you want to invite them to church. Maybe you want to talk about sermons. Maybe you want to ask what church they grew up in or what their spiritual upbringing is and be willing to have those uncomfortable conversations, because if it's important enough for you to have it on your list, that that person would be someone who's a believer, but not super religious, then what do you have to do or be to attract someone like that? Okay, you get the idea? 
So for each item on your list too, your perfect partner list, you're going to need to explore your own life and come up with what you would need to be, do, or have in order for someone with that quality to be attracted to you and to feel aligned with you. And that is the sum of it. That's the biggest secret to my success in finding my perfect mate. I explored what I needed. I got honest about what I wanted. And then I got to doing the work of determining what I needed to do to attract what I wanted in my life. Now here's the hard part. Once you've made these three lists, you need to put list one and two in the bottom of your underwear drawer and forget all about it. Okay, cut that two column paper in half right down the line that you made in the middle and post the right column, the I need to be, do and have list three in a prominent place where you will see it often. Maybe create affirmations around it that you say to yourself each day. This is your marching orders until you have accomplished and committed to everything or nearly everything on this list, you're really not ready to attract what you have decided you want. So why would you go out and date? Now you understand why dating only complicates matters if it happens before you do this work. So I think you get the idea. You don't just happen to meet somebody or happen to both be ready and happen to make a relationship work well. You have to be intentional. And the more unhealthy that you and your future partner's former relationships were, the more both of you need this kind of intentionality around dating. And I want to say too, if you would like to learn more or work with me as a dating coach, I would love to talk with you about that. I'm actually working with my fiance, who's an incredible photographer, to combine my writing and coaching work with his amazing photography work to provide a package deal of some sort that would include a dating photo session to bring out your natural beauty. So you have the right kind of pics that you want to illustrate your personality on the dating apps, if that's the route you choose to go. And all the writing that you would need for a complete and accurate Bumble profile through a couple of one hour coaching sessions where I get to know you and to be able to write thoroughly about who you are and what you're looking for and to coach you through that process so that you can launch into healthy online dating. This package deal would come with a few monthly check-ins as well. And I have gotten some really great feedback on this idea. So I know there's a need out there and, you know, maybe you don't want to do online dating. That's okay too. A lot of people prefer to just meet people in real life, as they say, and, um, you know, just let it happen more naturally and slowly if that's what it takes and, and let fate take its course. But if you do want to do online dating and, uh, this sounds like an idea that you would like to know more about, you can book a 30-minute discovery call at uh, startingoverstronger.com. It just costs a few bucks and we can talk about it. And I hope today's talk has inspired you to think below the surface about what dating means to you. 
we didn't even scratch the surface. I mean, this is all kind of like the pre-dating prep work, but there's also some really important strategies that I call dating baseball that you would want to implement as you begin dating. And we would certainly be talking about those as a dating coach if that is a direction you decide to go. And in the mini e-course that it will be coming out uh, later this year. So, you know, it, the, the thing that you need to know when you think about dating dating is that it does not have to be all the horror stories that you hear out there for from people who don't bring this kind of intentionality to the table before they jump on apps and start booking dinners. And by the way, I'm not suggesting that you can't just get out there and go out and have meaningless fun. I I think sometimes for some people, they really need that for a time. And I, th- I just think it needs to be done with caution. And I think it's also often not quite as simple in reality as it is in theory. But certainly, it's wise to relax and enjoy life and explore who you are and what you want and what life has to offer. So I'm definitely not discouraging that. And I just would love for you to kind of apply some intentional efforts to what it is that you're trying to attract and how to do that in a way that you can feel good about. And so that's all I have for you today. I thank you for joining me here again. You know, I'm here when you need me and I will see you again next week for more help as you divorce and hope as you are starting over stronger.